Hello students and welcome to Class of X, the free internet course on how to read and enjoy the X-Men comics better. I'm your teacher and host, John Reisinger, and today I'm joined by Twitch streamer, YouTuber, and queen of all things spooky, it's Laura Rothamel. And today we're talking about Mike Carey and Chris Bacalo's 2006 multi-issue event, Supernovas, from X-Men 188 to 193. Hello, Laurel. Oh my God, what a flattering intro. Thank you, John. <laughs> what the heck? Ugh, I love being the queen of all things spooky. You do Hi. such a good job of it. You, you, <laughs> you do like spooky hauls in like March. Yes, I do. <laughs> I haven't started yet this year. Actually, no, I did do a halfway to Halloween haul. On my YouTube yeah, channel, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I I recall seeing like the thumbnail, <laughs> and I'm like, this girl knows her vibe, and I love it. Um, I I in in July, beginning of July, maybe late June. Uh, yeah. a the rem the, the the beginnings of a spirit's Halloween opened like started to show up in my neighborhood. Yeah, and I and I won't lie, I thought a little bit about you. <laughs> that's all i want that that means that my brand is going in the right direction that's so. great uh, we, we all like i think that's great for us to shoot for our brand i've clearly planted my flag where my brand is and it's yeah. these little mutants um <laughs> and i'm glad you're here to talk about this what is i realized as i reread this because i read this back in the 2000s i was like mm -hmm. oh this is actually one of my favorite x-men stories ever i love this and then all at the same time i'm like this might be one of the most complicated stories for someone who hasn't read X-Men for like forever yeah. uh, to read. And so without even hearing your thoughts, questions, or concerns, I commend you for <laughs> taking this on, for agreeing to my stupid suggestion. Um, and, uh, and I'm so excited to hear your thoughts. But before we get into the actual story that we read, yeah. I want to hear from you, Laurel. What's your background in comics? Because I know you've read some. Mm -hmm. And... What's with you and X-Men? Where did you learn about them and what do you think about them? Um, okay, so my first comic book ever was an X-Men comic. It was <sighs> Storm. Um, so good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. My, my family and I used to go to Universal Studios like all the time growing up and they had a little comic book store in their Marvel area and yeah. I saw a pretty lady and I didn't know I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, pretty lady, I want that book. And yeah. then um, they used to have like the characters come out on like four wheelers yeah. and Storm hey, came out. Laurel, don't say they used to. They I know, still they do. still do. They, they still, still do. do. <laughs> I had never. Now, are you talking about California or Florida? Florida. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I grew up <laughs> in California. And so we never had that. Oh. They built that in the Florida one. I remember reading Wizard Magazine. Did you ever read yes. Wizard Magazine? Yes, I did. They did a whole <laughs> piece about the when, when that opened, that whole Marvel part where Marvel sold the rights for them to open a land in, in Universal Studios Orlando. And I was like, it was it was very much like someday, just like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to get there. So and I, I never did until like twenty eighteen. Oh wow. Um, yeah. And I forgot it was there. I went there to go to the Harry Potter stuff. Right. And I was I was I was actually at a, a, a comic convention and I only had just enough time to to beeline it to Universal Studios, uh. go to the one place and walk straight back towards where that Harry Potter place was. And then they have the Hogwarts Express that connects it. Yes. And you go to the other park. Yeah. And I went to the other one. As I'm walking out of the park, I uh. through the corner, I was like, it's still here. 
No, you missed it. So if you if you walk into Universal from the the front of uh, so there's Universal and there's Islands of Adventure. Yes, yes. You went to Universal and took Harvest yes. Express. If you walk into Islands of Adventure from the front, the first thing you see after the entrance is the Marvel area. That's fantastic. And you walk under the Hulk uh, roller coaster. Yeah. And you, you see like Doctor Doom's free fall. And there's the comic book area. And there's where all of the X-Men hang out. And uh, yeah, for me as a kid, seeing strong women was so important. And I didn't really understand why probably because i'm gay but i'm also a feminist you know mm -hmm. and uh getting to meet them was bigger to me than meeting like disney characters at disney yeah World. yeah um, they said so they all signed my storm comic book i was hoping to find it to show you it oh my god um, if you ever find that i want a picture of me well i just rearranged my whole stream room so if everything it ever is surfaces missing right now <laughs> if it ever surfaces yeah I think i'll that's show you oh man yeah. you go there and it is locked in time because they have never been able to re-up their licensing because Disney right. owns it now. Yep. And so it's all stuff. <laughs> like, it's like you are, very you are sent back. Yeah, you are <laughs> sent back to the 90s. <laughs> oh, that's great. So Storm is your first comic, which is wonderful. And that answers the question also of, of, of how you got introduced to the X-Men. Yeah. You saw real life Storm. <laughs> yeah. my So my, my, I mean, I actually saw the X-Men movies first, I think. Um, oh, cool. I think. I, I'm That's not That's a lot of people's positive. introduction I have found. Yeah. So like Halle Berry's Storm was my first Storm. But when I saw her in the comic books, I was like, oh, no, she's like everything. Yeah. She is everything. And so I made it a thing every time we went there that I would get uh, a Storm comic book. And then honestly, X-Men has always been my number one in Marvel because of that experience. And yeah. just I love that there are so many there's so many different kinds of X-Men and yeah. they have their like set of rules. And even sometimes my favorite thing that the X-Men does is that they will side with the enemy if they have to. Yeah. So I love that there's so many different like things that can happen. Yes. In, it's not very, it's not like a not one sided. Cut. It's not yeah. black and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. a, the way that, uh, Chris Claremont, who basically redefined the X-Men in 1975 and was the herald of characters like Storm um, and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, introduced a lot more strong female characters like Rogue and that kind of thing. Um, it's a big melodrama. It's yeah. a big soap opera. Yeah. It's and then soap operas. Sometimes people's are enemies. Sometimes people are friends. Sometimes pe enemies sleep with the friends and that kind of thing. You're so right. It is just one big soap opera. It That's is. exactly how I would explain it. And yeah. in the midst of the story we read, there's plenty of soap opera. There's, oh my god. There's mother daughter issues. There's couples <laughs> issues. There's yep. you know uh, leadership issues and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's great. So. We've got a bit of your backstory, and I, I actually I love that backstory. That's fantastic. Well, I'm I have so glad. to tell you, I the reason that I wanted to read Rogue though, yes, because you requested a Rogue story. I did. I requested Rogue for a few reasons. Wildstorm was my introduction to comic books in general. Once I discovered, um, correct me on the animated series title uh, x-men evolution x-men yeah Revolution. yeah yeah Wait, oh evolution. yeah of course of course you know goth rogue goth totally. rogue 
she oh, is my man. whole personality. She is. Yeah, I, yeah. I based my whole entire style off of her from day one. I saw so that much. theme song of them, her and I think Kitty dancing. And I was dancing. like, why do I like this? Why yeah, do I yeah, need yeah. to replay just this little moment in time forever in my head? So, <laughs> so she's been my good. favorite ever since. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't blame you. Rogue is my favorite. Yeah. Um, of of the the main X Men, Rogue is my favorite. Um, which has made all the more funny that I'm dating a Cajun woman right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah, that's uh, X X Men Evolution. Also, great iteration of the X Men. Um, and you are not alone in the the worshiping of goth rogue. Yeah. Um, why, they knew why what they were doing fine? when they gave her those gloves and sleeves. Yes, and she was the so makeup. fine. For what, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and actually, it's funny because her hairstyle in that cartoon is like pretty coming back into play where girls are doing the, yep. the like two tone kind of thing. Um, Please, I've been asking my hairstylist since high school to let me do like the red that I always do, but blonde or like yeah. white bangs. And she would always tell me no. She's like, that would destroy your hair. And I'm like, but I want to look like Rogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. Um, well, that's fantastic. So <laughs> we read Supernovas, which starts in X Men 188, which was released in 2006. Um, how did you fare with this story, Laurel? Did you understand anything that was happening? <laughs> well, okay. I I ended up texting you a little you bit did. because I you was had like, one question. I, I yeah, I well, because the problem is obviously like I if I haven't read a canon or a specific story, I've at least had conversations about it with my comic book friends. So like sure. I know the gist of like Sabretooth and his like you know love hate yeah, relationship it, with X Men and yeah all that stuff. Um, but it was weird to like start with him, to like start from his POV. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Like, <laughs> first of all, starting from a man's POV, I'm sorry to any. He's of not the a good man either. Listening. He ain't a good <laughs> yeah. man. I just I would rather a woman's POV at all times. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, the only thing that really confused me was the the introduction of the new enemy the because i the wasn't yeah i wasn't sure if i was supposed to already know who sure. they were or not um that's a common yeah. issue with comics when people jump in and even when i jump into stuff because there's so many characters that it's hard to rem hard to know like should i already know this person or are they being introduced for the first time right now and the answer is this was the first introduction of children, children of the vault yeah um all the other x-men characters have been pre-existing but yeah this cold open in uh nogales mexico it where Sabretooth is running from the children and we don't know it's them at the time yeah that was the cold open but i did give you i, I didn't throw you into the deep end without some context because this th this story at the very least comes off after a very large event which was m day right now did did you know had you heard of m day before i explained that to you in the cheat sheet no, I, well, okay, yes, I did, but, like, it was one of those, like, one-off conversations I've had with sure. people before, and um, I'm not sure if they touch on it in one of the movie iterations recently, right? Basically, before they time travel? Multiverse of Madness yes. uh, uh, with Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange is loosely based off of M-Day, but it's telling M-Day without being able to use the X-Men because they weren't right. in the properties yet. Right. Um. 
in the movie, she's she is trying to get her kids back that she lost in Scarlet Vision. Um, and she's doing whatever she can to get them back. And Doctor Strange is the protagonist stopping her. Right. In the comics, she lost her kids because they didn't exist in the first place. She had used her magic powers to basically take two souls from, like, I think hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an Avengers expert. Um, but she basically created two boys. And then when finding out they didn't exist, they weren't real, they disappeared. But then she went crazy because she, <laughs> she wants her kids back. Yeah. Um, and so her a mixture of her going crazy and her powers escalating and being based in chaos magic results in her rewriting reality to a version of where she gets to have her kids. She rewrote it that her into a reality where her dad, Magneto at the time, right. um, won. He, the mutants won. The mutants rule. The mutants are in charge. Her, Magneto is is the king of America. Um, Wild. <laughs> and that whole story ends um, with it. Basically, Wolverine's the only one who gets his, who figures out that uh, like his actual memories come back, and he's like, "What's going on?" He's in the middle of this like false reality. They all he he wakes up a bunch of people. They defeat everybody and. Scarlet Witch on at the end of the comic faced with like people going like you can't do this you can't rewrite reality just to have your kids yeah she decides okay I see the problem this whole time this is what's been the issue and she goes no more mutants three simple words and at the time in the X-Men comics there were about there were millions of mutants in the world she cuts them down to 198 mutants jeez um, she's so, so powerful <laughs> she's very powerful the beauty of her story is that in the most recent iteration of the X-Men, this era that we're in right now that we call the Krakoan era, mm-hmm. uh, they wrote a wonderful little redemption story where she has been going through like her own journey of like therapy and self-care and, and, <laughs> and all that kind Me. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and she and she feels bad, you know, for like, you know, killing all the mutants. Um, yeah. Not killing them all, but taking making them all humans. Yeah. And... It's really cool. She kind of um at this in this era, uh, the X Men are able to re- the mutants are able to resurrect each other now. They kind of wrote in like you know the, the mutants always come back. Like what if we just wrote it in where they can actually just they figured out how to resurrect each other with their powers. Yeah, and they did that, but they don't have like the history of all the mutants that died in the past, so they can't resurrect all them. They can only resurrect current ones. Scarlet Witch comes and she does her magic and she creates a like a telepathic library, like a, a magical library of mm-hmm. all the past mutants that they now can bring them back as well. So it's like her redemption. She took away all the mutants, but then now she brought back ones they couldn't bring back. Wow. Um, Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm always asking for strong female leads. She's like the strongest. Oh, man. <laughs> she is, Scarlet Witch is starring in her own solo comic right now, which is uh, written by or, or drawn by... Um, no, he's drawn by Russell Dodderman, one of the greatest. I think he's he's artist. I'm thinking writers, but he's a great artist. Mm. It's a great it's a great solo title. And funny enough, that book canonized uh, what's her face Darcy from the Thor movies. Oh yeah, she was made for the movies. They canonized her in the comics in the Scarlet Witch comics, and she's she's uh, Scarlet Witch is running this little bookshop. <laughs> that she helps people where she has this magic door that opens up when people are on their last leg and need the help from her. And mm-hmm. Darcy's like helping her run the bookshop. Wow. That's adorable. It's very good. It. It's a very I good comic. It. Um, God, we got on a tangent. Cause I can just talk. 
Speaking of strong women. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So M Day, I told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you about. Uh, I, I told you a little bit about Professor X. I've done a no-no. In fact, mm-hmm. our last episode involved that no-no. We don't have to get into it, but he, he's kind of a, he's not really a good good guy throughout yeah. the history of the x-men he's got good intentions and does bad things for with good intentions yeah um and so that's why he we read this in cyclops is like no sweetie you're not in charge anymore yeah Sorry. no um we don't like you get out of we here why are you still here i loved We're that good. line i was like why are you still here like damn i'm talking to my friend rogue i'm, I'm talking to my friend rogue right now so yeah. if you could just like if you could just go i'm just talking to my friend rogue <laughs> um and then rogue and gambit are on the outs right now because he tried to kill her because apocalypse made him one of his horsemen of death of, of the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and mystique is living with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Are you aware mystique? Were you before this comic? Were you aware mystique is rogues mom? No. <laughs> okay. You didn't, no. You didn't even pick that up from the comic. Cause they must've not been explicit about it or just throwing too much information at you. So it's understandable well, either way. It's just evident that they just don't, get along but i'm gonna make you i'm gonna tell you something right now it's gonna make you love rogue even more okay okay yeah mystique is rogue's mom mystique has lesbian mommies Ah. mystique is uh has a wife named destiny who is this (laughs) fortune-telling mutant oh my god who (laughs) i'm I'm so excited she's a tarot mommy like (laughs) yeah 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 and uh, you don't. Destiny's not in the story now because Destiny in the comics she died originally in like the late '90s. In fact, they they uh, no, they don't reference it in this comic. But she died in the late '90s, stayed dead forever. She's resurrected now, and they finally got to be like they never got to be explicitly called lesbian wives and mommies because they of were the roommates. Comics authority. <laughs> yeah, they were roommates. They were just special friends, just really close, really just close. Besties. Um, but Chris Claremont, who created them was just like, those those are lesbians, and we're going to insinuate they're lesbians for years until we can be explicit about it. And they finally got to be explicit about it in, like, 2019. Love. Um, but, yeah, Rogue's got lesbian mommies. Um, and, in fact, I'm, I'm going to give I've, – I've said this fact before on the podcast, but I want to make you love Rogue even more and her mm-hmm. moms even more. Um, so Rogue is adopted by Mystique in Destiny. She's adopted okay. daughter. Okay. Mystique actually has a biological son. Her son is Nightcrawler. Oh, um, yeah. I did know that. I did know yes. that. Now, okay. the way him. the story goes was that uh, originally it was like this German diplomat was Nightcrawler's father. But then they retconned it and they made basically the mutant version of Satan his father. Um, <laughs> however, Chris Claremont's original intention that was nixed by the, the editors was that Nightcrawler was actually going to be Destiny's son, who had been impregnated by male presenting Mystique. Oh. Which I thought, I've always thought, I'm like, why didn't you give us that? That yeah. would have been cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so, I, I, little small tangent, I'm currently doing the 100 baby challenge on The Sims, and <laughs> they, <laughs> you can now like make your like, uh, male characters be AFAB or like have like you know the ability to have babies. So our matriarch, yes, our matriarch is um, AFAB but presents as male, and I just love that. I love that like that is a thing that we are just super down to talk about. Finally, yeah. I don't know. Come on, like, oh that would have been so sick. Yeah, male mystique. So, Ugh. 
Mystique Damn. is fluid, and 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 some consider her a trans icon. Some consider her bisexual icon. She's she's she she's like what she's is fluid. gender? What is sex? Like I I turn into whatever I feel like it. I love um, that. Yeah. yeah. So Mystique is trying to get close with her daughter in the story, which is why Mystique, a villain, who you pointed mm-hmm. out, sometimes they're on the team. Mystique's on the team right now. Yeah. She's trying this out. Um, she's also living in a world where there's only 198 mutants, so she's sticking with the mutants for now. Yeah. Um, there's also two characters I've introduced that, that a lot of people won't recognize, but were really cool in the story, and that is the twins, yes. um, North Star and Aurora, yeah. um, Jean-Paul Bobier and Anne-Marie. Um, and they are Canadian characters from originally this Canadian X-Men team called Alpha Flight. Um, North Star, the boy, the boy one, the boy twin, mm-hmm. gay, first gay, first gay mutant, first gay one. This they is got the queerest a- story. You chose the queerest X-Men story are gay. for me. They I are. love that. That's exactly. Uh, this is, they're, they're great. Anyways. <laughs> um, and so... We introduced North Star and Aurora. They're mm-hmm. twins with speed powers, and they also can create uh, light when they connect with each other. Um, not normally as powerful as they present in this comic, but uh, Serafina, one of the children of the vault, she's the one who's like, she, she boosts Made them. Made them more powerful. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're sometimes a, a bit an oddity. Also, John Paul had, uh, North Star had previously been mind wiped by the hand, which I think if you watch the Daredevil TV show, you might recognize that yes. name. They yeah. resurrected a, a Electra in that show. Right. Um, they did that with North Star. So he was being deprogrammed from all that stuff. And then Anne-Marie uh, has uh, always uh, uh, struggled with uh, uh, schizophrenia, par- paranoid schizophrenia, mm. and uh, what seems to be presenting like a split person- personality disorder kind of issue. Um, yeah, that was wild in this comic because I didn't know that part. And just to like <laughs> to like quickly cut over to her talking to herself to two yes. different versions of herself. I was like, oh, yes. this is interesting. <laughs> That's why Mystique does that because she knows that will mess with her. Right. Mystique looks like her because she's like she knows that that will uh, mess her up in the moment. Um, other than that. Oh, yeah. There's two other characters introduced in this first issue. There's another villain, mm-hmm. Lady Mastermind, who is Reagan Wingard. Um, she is the daughter of an old X-Men villain called Mastermind and she mm-hmm. goes by a lady Mastermind um, and she's awesome this is the introduction of her first time ever being joining the X-Men team as a good guy and she's such a great character I love yeah. her after this Yeah. and then the other person is a human uh, Karima Shapandar um, who was a part of a bunch of these humans were sleeper agents by this really super sentinel called Bastion um, and he had awoken all these sleeper agents that like that had been turned into these like omega sentinels um they were kind of like hybrids of human and sentinels but she defeated her programming and was being kept at this hospital um which is why they find her there and she after the story joins rogue's team and yeah. becomes part of the team she's the token uh human um that gets to be on the team okay that's just context for everybody because there's <laughs> This 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 book throws a lot at you, um, but I again, as I read it, I'm like, oh, it has some of the most fun new characters. I love the Children of the Vault, yeah, and it has, in my opinion, one of the most fun like fight sequences in comics, um, which can sometimes be very hard to pull off well, and I love it. So yeah, that's I've talked for for so much about that. <laughs> Before we just jump into like the rundown of the issues, 
-hmm. Were there like any glaring questions that you were just like, I still don't understand this. And if it comes to you as we go through it, that's fine. But I wanted to just kind of float the question at the top here. Was there anything that you were just like, wow, that was that went right over my head. No, I I, genuinely I think I was a little confused about um, Aurora's backstory. But you explained that pretty well just now. So, no, I think it is pretty cut and dry once you understand that they're just introducing a lot of people you yeah know? they you get into like the fourth issue of the little mini series and you get into like Sabretooth giving the backstory of like the yes. children of the vault and cables there to help with it as well and that's when they do like the exposition dump um i love cables introduction then, him showing love, up was amazing i like him a lot i do too He's, like the way that you looked at like Storm and Rogue, I looked at Cable and I didn't know at the time <laughs> yeah. why I looked at him that way when I saw him in the comics. I was yep. like, oh, he, I must just like him because he's a cool dude with like cool metal arm and stuff like that. And now I'm like, oh, because he's pretty. Yeah. He's cute. Oh, because oh, I, I didn't want to be him. I wanted to be with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, and so, yeah, I've I've. I even forgot he got introduced into uh, he he was pulled into this story and then when yeah. he showed up it was the same I was like oh good cables here cables here <laughs> I like that I'm glad he shows up because he's not always on the team he's a kind of he goes solo a lot yeah um but let's jump into the first issue which is mm-hmm. 188 mm-hmm. and we start off with a man we don't like starting off with a man no, we've already gone heck? over that um but the good news is that the man's in trouble and he's like a he's a bad guy. And he's in trouble. So it's not like we're starting off with him on a good foot. True. It's a rarity to jump in and see Sabretooth scared. And so the writers knew what they were doing. They introduced that because he's normally like, he's the bully. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not my, I'm jumping ahead. But one of my favorite lines in this story was when he's fighting Seraphine at the end. And he thinks that he's being all like um, nasty about like killing like a small woman. Okay. And she, so... <laughs> before you say what you're gonna say i you told me take notes if you want to right um i took two screenshots and that's it (laughs) um but this the second screenshot i took was their whole fight their interaction and him like a big old splash page oh it's so fucking weird it's like there's something so special about killing women yeah and and i i had the ick as soon as he said that i was like take him out Take him out, yeah. bitch. Get him. Yeah. And then she's like, there's something so special about killing misogynists. And I was like, yeah. yes, bitch, I want you to win now. <laughs> like, uh. I, I, Well, you know, I'm a horror girly. I'm a spooky girly. So like, yeah. I, one thing that I don't love in horror is needless brutality towards women. We've seen yeah. it and it's yeah. existed for years. And yeah. I know that that's the same in old comic books too. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was just, weirdly blaring in my face all of a sudden <laughs> he there there are the x-men have a history of like always blurring the lines of hero and villain and even right now in the current era they're because of i won't get into it with you but they've they've been doing these really cool like redemption stories of a lot of villains where like if you take away what the villains were like having to fight for or what they thought they were fighting for and you just present them with like a perfect scenario where they can live in like a utopian mutant community. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just need therapy and like a friend, you yeah. know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the one exception at the top of this whole soft reboot that they introduced this all in 2019, the one exception of the one douchebag who could not abide by the rules and gets punished for it and put into like basically forever prison mm-hmm. is Sabretooth. 
Um, yeah, yeah. He that is makes the, sense. He, he is the he's this great idea of the irredeemable villain because you know logic would dictate that has to exist there has yeah. to be the guy who is the misogynist who takes delight in abusing women and children and just people in general and that's not somebody we have to redeem right um we don't have to put up with him we can put him in prison under the ground for forever <laughs> yeah. um but they the basically like I what how I translate the reason why they justify adding him to the team is that it is a specific scenario where one they have something available to control him those nano sentinels that they inject into his neck so they control him and that kind of thing which is not the first time people have tried to control Sabretooth because he's like a useful tool tool with a capital T right. um, if you're if if you need something like that um, but because there are only there are less than two hundred mutants in the world. This is a opportune time, excuse me, for him to, you know, want to stay close and stay protected. Right. You know, especially if it's an instance where he's fighting something that has uh, hurt the thing that keeps him forever fine, his healing factor. Right. That's right. where a lot of his bravado <laughs> comes from. It's like, well, if I can't die and I'm stronger than everything in the world, I have the confidence of a million straight white men. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, but true. <laughs> it is. He is. He, he is. He is that embodiment. He is the, <sighs> the toxic alpha male. Um, oh, he definitely has an alpha male podcast. Yeah. Ugh, oh, hundred percent. But it's, I, I like that in the fight where at the end where the X-Men are finally winning, mm -hmm. the writer was like, and Sabretooth is still going to get floored by this small woman. Yes. Um, we're yes. still going to do it because we know what we're doing with these characters. Yep. Um, the writer being Mike Carey and Mike Carey doesn't have a perfect track record of being able to write these X-Men to everyone's delight. And I totally attest to that. But uh, when he gets it right, he gets it right. And I thought Supernovas, he got it right. Yeah. Um, but yes, we get introduced to, to Sabretooth, get that cold open. Mm -hmm. And then this is when we kind of get um, thrown into like the current, you know, uh, status of the X-Men. They're on a mission to try because they tracked a mutant in distress. They're going to go find that mutant in distress. They're having a bit of a fight. We get a fun little moment. This is why I love Rogue. Rogue I is just this great opportunity for so many combinations of powers and fighting techniques and unpredictability. And it's all yeah, it's all wrapped up in this like southern charm and <laughs> and yeah, it's great. And so I love how she just you know she's they're on the ropes and so she touches Emma and she touches Cyclops. Um, I'm curious. I ask this about a lot of people who when we come across a character that's not a common character in the other places, but like. What was your understanding of who Emma Frost was when you jumped into this? <clears throat> well, I don't know if I've said it enough on this podcast, but I am gay. Um, yes. So I know Emma Frost. I know Good. Emma Frost because <laughs> I'm not a fool. Um, yeah. But, she, you know, the, she was in one of the iterations of the more recent X-Men movies as well. X-Men First Class. Yes. And um, she's fine as hell in that. And January if Jones. You're, yes. If you're good looking and have cool powers, then I will hyper fixate <laughs> on you for at least a month of my life. So, yeah, it, it's been years, but I had, yeah. she was one of my hyper focuses, like, or hyper fixations probably when I was like 14. Yeah. 15? She's, she's <laughs> pretty great. Uh, that would have been, 
if you had done that around that time, that would have landed when she was on the side of angels. She had for mm. long, most of her history been introduced as a villain. And then she got kind of not retconned, but rewritten as being a, a teacher on the X-Men. And she's dating yes. Cyclops in this story. Oh, um, okay. Jean Grey is dead at this yeah. point. Yeah. Again. Um, always. <laughs> she always dying. Um, and <laughs> she's the Goku of X-Men. I feel <laughs> A hundred percent. Not even, not even a, 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 a stretch. No. Um, but Emma with her diamond form powers um, and Cyclops' powers, we see a fun little combination of rogue prismatically shredding uh, optic blasts everywhere. Yeah. Um, and looking cool with like her like diamond skin and red eyes um, and just dropping some, some men. Um, <laughs> and then, we get to see Iceman and Cannonball. Iceman, a more well-known character. Cannonball, less known, but pretty recognizable because he's got a very visual superpower where he just can rocket forward with right. concussive, explosive force. Um, the only other power that he has that isn't made explicitly clear, but is the reason why he survives that big blast from North Star and Aurora, is that when he is in rocket form, he is invincible. And so as long as he's in that form, he can't um, be hurt. And so that's why he kind of like Iceman gets evaporated and Cannonball just shoots his his butt out of that building. Um, yeah. That was wild uh, because I really thought that they both were gonzo for a second there. It's it's this the the comic this series has a few good like uh cliffhanger endings to the issues yeah. and that's one of them where they just uh Jean Jean-Paul and and Anne-Marie came come in and just like just flash these guys and then the comic ends and what i like to remind people who are on this show who are reading these like on marvel unlimited that kind of thing is like back in the day then you, you waited a wait. month you <laughs> waited a month That's to see so if iceman was dead was iceman dead i don't know so i i told you i screenshotted two things um what was the, the other one the other thing was um mystique breathing life <laughs> into iceman because that was sexy <laughs> which i love because it's the gays helping the gays because yes. iceman is gay now um, oh. has been yeah he has been forever he was in the closet until 2000 2000 oh i forget it like eight or nine i had blizz bear on the episode mm, and we mm -hmm. covered an iceman solo story which was the first solo story after he came out of the closet oh. uh, iceman yeah um after um, Blizz did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, at this point, he's still in the closet. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a very, like, it's a very sensual way of kissing where, like, Iceman is, like, reforming himself, like, on top of her. And it's She's that, like, holding backwards. him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's very sweet. Um, I think it was also the cover of that issue. It I was. Think. It was. Yeah. Which is a very, like... That's a very uh, clickbaity cover. If there was such, a it thing. worked for me. I, oh yeah. I anytime I read, even if it's a comic book, I get tired. Like it's almost like I Pavlog dog myself. Like any. It lulls I'm reading, you. I it lulls sleep. you into relaxation. I was like on Snoozeville right at the end of the issue before it, and then I saw that cover and I went, <laughs> "No, I'm back in. <laughs> we go. <laughs> we keep going." <laughs> The adrenaline <laughs> shot just goes right in your thigh. Yes. You just needed some some uh, uh, some sensuality, some, some just a, smut. A little, you needed a smut. A touch of smut, yeah. Just a touch of smut. Yeah. Um, the X-Men is always good with a, little, a touch of smut. Yep. Um, yeah. So they're they're at the uh, the hospital. They gather uh, 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 
Lady Mastermind and Omega Sentinel, and they get out of there. Um, and this is then after that is when we get issues to Children of the Vault, and these uh, these mysterious characters are basically clearing their tracks mm-hmm. because they're trying to stay, you know, unnoticed, unknown, and that kind of thing. It's and very they, evident very quickly how powerful they are because of the black hole that they create. Like, I, I was like, oh, shit, these guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah, it is a wonderful ongoing challenge in comics when you have these overpowered characters to try mm-hmm. to introduce villains that can, you know, uh, introduce difficulty to them. It's something people always complain about Superman, which I'm like, have you read a Superman comic? A lot of people think they just know Superman from the shows and stuff, but if you read yeah. the comics, like, people get people get clever. People people get, like, good writers can make it happen. And mm. with the X-Men, it's it's a struggle. You know, you, you got people like Rogue um, and, and Mystique and that kind of stuff, and it's like, well, how do we make sure we can get somebody who can deal with them? Exactly. And I thought Mike Carey did a very good job of making these Children of the Vault seem OP yeah. a bit. Yeah, they were very scary. Uh, very scary, very foreboding, very mysterious, um, but will be a thorn in the X-Men side to this day. They are still yeah. around and an issue, um, which they allude to their ongoing uh, uh, issues at the end of this miniseries with them showing up in Ecuador. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> We get the nice little scene where they're back at the mansion and Professor X tries to uh, insert himself into the conversation Cyclops is having with Rogue about her having her own team. And there's this great panel when Cyclops finally like shuts him down. Um, and then uh, Emma also has a little last last laugh on that. <laughs> and there's just this panel of just a very, it's just Xavier standing there, arms at his side, <laughs> he- head down, like a little boy who someone had just popped his like basketball in front of him yep. and spit on it. For any um, any Twitch viewers listening to this podcast, it reminds me of like anybody's like stand emote where people are just oh, yeah. standing there like, damn, what yeah. now? Defeat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Defe- yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, defeat. Oh, damn. Um, and so, yeah, we get we get a little bit of that. So we know that Professor X is not in charge, is not going to be an important part of the story, which is fun. Um, the Children of the Vault are still pursuing uh saber tooth we get to meet a couple more of them we get to there they they all have these these uh wonderful power sets and uh spanish uh inspired names mm-hmm. um originally we got to meet seraphina who's a technopath who can like jack into technology and into people and has cloaking abilities and we also met her friend who's a leader sangre um who is like hydrokinesis and has a water body um, and then in this one, at this panel, we get to meet Fuego, who's kind of simplistic, but very powerful. He's got fire-based powers. Right. And um, I don't know how to pronounce this properly. A-G-U-J-A, um, which is, I would say, Aguja, um, mm-hmm. who has energy-based blasts and force fields. And she's like this cool, uh, I love her design because she's like this this femme-presenting character with like the pigtails and yes. the skirt, but then has like upper body like armor that is just these jacked armored yeah. arms with like blasts of light and energy coming out of them that no, she's cool um she definitely like if, gives off non-binary vibes for me yeah I, yeah yeah i like her a lot she's looking at me right now just saying try to gender me um, <laughs> and i go i will i will not I won't. that's I will not, not that's not my job <laughs> um they continue to pursue Sabretooth and he eludes them because he's trying to get to the X mansion. We get to meet Beast kind of going over uh, uh, the Omega Sentinel and kind of talking about, you know, what's her deal. Um, and then 
Cyclops continues to talk about, you know, Rogue having this strike team, um, uh, which I fully support this idea. Give Rogue all the teams. Make her, yeah. make her the captain. Whenever Rogue's in charge, fun stuff happens. She's very good at thinking on her feet. Very good She at is. Um, and and she, she also, doesn't get enough credit for it. I know she's reckless, but she's almost always right. So. Yeah. I think that comes with, like, there's some, like, latent you know there's like the the passive misogyny the passive yeah. patriarchy that happens there yes. and then that combined with the fact that everyone always considers her powers uncontrollable even though she's like very much like expressing a lot of control at this point yeah. can't touch people but like just a light little touch and then is you know able to like do amazing things mm-hmm. um but she has always been like a love of so many of the writers um and also another one who's introduced as a villain she was introduced as a villain Mm. um rogue's first appearance is in a avengers annual issue and she takes out the entire avengers team by Uh, herself total Um, party kill (laughs) yeah it's great um it's i i don't really care for a lot of avengers comics sometimes i do sometimes i don't avengers uh, (laughs) just kidding people are gonna get mad at me for that (laughs) the comics have not always been the best they got better after the new millennium with some people's hands yeah. like Jonathan Hickman's written them and Jason Aaron and these other writers that I like. Um, but back in the day, they were pretty bonkers. They were pretty weird. Yeah, uh, but this one, this one, uh, uh, that issue of her, I had to read it. Cause like, I got to read the first appearance of rogue. Yeah. I, I don't have her first appearance as a physical comic issue. I do have her first appearance in the X-Men as a physical mm-hmm. comic. I have that in my collection and I mm-hmm. love it. And I would, I would sell my eldest child to get Chris Claremont to sign it if I could. Um, <laughs> don't tell my kids. I They'd will understand. absolutely tell them. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, they should hang out with you more. Um, <laughs> they need good uh, influences in their life. Um, so then uh, Sabretooth shows up. The Sentinels try to stop him. He's kind of got a hostage because he doesn't know how to act like a real human asking mm. for help. Like most boys. Yes. Um, always, always the boys. The boys, and they managed to like subdue him with some uh some quick display of their powers, and he kind of calls like sanctuary a little bit of amnesty in there. Yeah. And then this issue ends with the little uh cliffhanger where we're at the site of that Nogales, Mexico town that's gone basically, and the little girl pins it on the X Men. Yeah. What um, the heck? Sn- snitches. Why Fuck them kids. <laughs> I, you had I I it doesn't matter at this point. I love how you're so expressive about this. You haven't even tried to not swear in this. <laughs> oh shoot! I forgot. Oh no. Oh it's no. It's okay. okay. It's just an attempt I make, but it is okay. Oh And no. I I love how much you are enjoying these characters and uh, and <laughs> colorful language can be fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh no! This it's is all good. You know, I used to be a nanny. Okay, I was. Yeah, a nanny did you ever slip up years. around them? No, I was so good at it, and it's wow. crazy. I was a nanny while I was also um, performing in a professional production of Carrie the Musical, where I was a bully, and all oh. I said on stage was profanities. I don't know how I turned was able off. to turn it off. I I don't know how to do that anymore. That was years ago. Anyway, sidebar. <laughs> the filter has dissolved and is gone. Oh, I'm so bad. I'm it's so okay. Sorry. <laughs> we're, having, we're having fun. We're having fun. 
Um, we get to issue 189, and we open up in Alaska in a shield facility that's holding North Star, trying to deprogram him. I love these little things where people go into, like, dream states, and they're like, we're giving him a month of life for every hour he's living and trying to deprogram him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then those dang children show up. <laughs> um, and Dang they, them kids. <laughs> d- those dang, yeah. <laughs> Those dang ch- kids. Uh, um, gosh darn kids. And they break out North Star. And it's, I love that they use Serafina to kind of do the whole like Matrix Jack in kind mm-hmm. of thing to try to program him for them. And it's a fun little play of words where um, she appears to him as an angel. And her name is Serafina, which is based in Seraphim, which is mm. an angel. Um, it's just a little 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 flavor text a little bit a little bit of details in there that. i love it i love that um and uh honestly if she really knew what she was doing she would have presented as like a hot guy um because that would have <laughs> really motivated jean paul um he has the hots for so many of the x-men uh ice man makes sense. Uh, cyclops colossus angel uh he actually um i actually gave you an i offered you um, a few options for us to read. And mm-hmm. one of them was, I said, we can read two weddings in the X-Men. And I didn't mm-hmm. tell you what they were, um, but I thought that would have been fun. The original, the first one was like, I want to read, it's just one issue. It's the wedding of Scott and Jean Grey. Oh, um, yeah. It's very great, mm-hmm. uh, but it's very 90s. Um, and then the other one was the first gay marriage in Marvel Comics, which was North Star marrying his human husband, oh. um, um, who is named... I always forget. I don't care about the human characters in X-Men comics. Uh, <laughs> I, e- even the important gay ones. I just don't care yeah, um, as much. Um, I think his name's Kevin. Something like that. Um, uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, North Star. First uh, uh, marriage. queer marriage. I love that. Um, yeah, it was very cool. It was all, it was all in the comics. Um, okay. And so they're trying to interrogate Sabretooth. He's being a, a big tool again. Um, Emma can't get through his psychic defenses. Like both him and Wolverine have always had these kind of their brains are scrambled. So they're very good at like psychic defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Iceman's going through a bit of like a mean phase right now, which is why he keeps popping off every once in a while in the comic where he's just like a, like a, a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what happens when you stay in the closet too long. People, <laughs> gonna say i was like me me in high school just yeah. being a brat to everyone <laughs> if, no, if, if you think you're straight just gonna drop this little nugget on y'all if you think you're straight but you're angry all the time you don't know why just think about it there yeah. might be a chance there's yeah. you know bi gay pan mm-hmm. ace any of those things could be the reason okay yeah um you got a lot of anger you're holding on to something that (laughs) you need to let go of (laughs) i've talked about this multiple times in this podcast but there's a great uh comic issue where uh emma at one point took over Iceman's body when she was in a coma and took it over um and she learned a lot about him and then later 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 on he was having difficulties with his powers he couldn't turn back he had gotten part of his uh chest blown out and so he was uh, this is before he learned how to turn himself back into Iceman from evaporating into mist mm-hmm. this like comic where he does that this is them flexing with Iceman yeah. um, where they're like this dude can turn into particles and come back he's basically immortal and an omega level mutant they do say but, it's the first time he's done that in this comic yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they he's 
he's awesome. Yeah. But back in the day, he was still learning how to use these powers, and he had gotten a big old part of his chest blown out, and so he was like, he he was scared to turn back into a human because he figured he would turn back into a human with a big old cavity in his chest, and he didn't want to do this, so he stayed in ice form. And so he goes and breaks into Emma's office, and he's like, I need you to tell me how to use my powers properly because you use them in different ways that I'd never done before, and I don't know how you knew how to do it. And the entire issue, because they couldn't be explicit about it, is just Emma going... There's something you're not addressing about yourself, Bobby. <laughs> Let's think about it for a second. What are you? Maybe you're not being honest with yourself. Maybe there's something you want to like. You want to face, and he never figures it out. He never figures it out. Not until not for like a decade later, and then it takes his past younger version of himself, who gets told he's gay by the past younger version of Jean Grey, to then tell him is like, "Are we gay?" And Bobby goes, "Yeah, we're gay." This is such a real queer experience because I swear to God, everybody in my life knew I was queer before I did. <laughs> You know, and I and I, and it was the same thing with like my friends in high school. I was like, I knew they were gay. Why yeah. didn't I know I was gay? Yeah, I, I always blame it on. Um, no one told me that bisexuality was an option. Yeah, because exactly. I lived in a very binary world, binary gender, binary sexuality, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you either gay or straight, gay or straight, right or wrong, that kind of thing. And then I couldn't figure out why I was like, well, I like them both. What is that? No one, not an option. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm confused. That's what I am. I'm John. And I'm confused. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Serafina gets North star, uh, out. They blame the X-Men for that as well by mixing up the, uh, video feed. And then we meet Valerie Cooper, who's another token human that shows up. She's kind of always been the government liaison with the X-Men. Um, and she's just there investigating what's going on. But I love that it's Mystique playing as Professor X. She's cosplaying. <laughs> oh, she is. She's just a cosplayer. <laughs> She's just cosplaying as Xavier. Man, can you imagine if the powers of Mystique was bestowed upon like someone with the cosplay creative ability like um like jessica negri yes. um, yeah um or or like, little gem just, yeah mm-hmm. uh man just a new outfit a new look every day um i love that valerie has this little line where he's because he's like telling her like oh we, we're not gonna be able to get saber to help sorry and she goes uh your face uh, uh this this stink on this stinks on ice charles and that expression on your face isn't one i ever expected to see there you're enjoying this and it's because mystique's enjoying messing with the stupid little human yeah she's like i'm having fun yes yeah. i'm having fun yeah yeah you're small and can't turn into other things i'm cool a lesbian bisexual trans goddess yeah and i can turn into whatever i want and why why don't you expect that i'm actually not charles why why is your tiny little brain not <laughs> oh. understand this doesn't seem like Charles. That's so weird. Weird. Oh, I wonder why that is. <laughs> bye. Um, it's so good. A uh, little fun fact about Mystique that I, because I go back and read the super old comics sometime. Mm. One, Mystique is not wearing clothes. She's yeah. always naked. Every clothes she's wearing is her. However, there's this great comic back in like the 80s where she's fighting, I think, the X-Men. And in order to uh, like, I think it was like Beast or somebody to get him away, she pulls one of her skulls off of her belt and tosses at him, and it's a flash grenade. And I was like, no one's ever written Mystique as having, like, Batman utility belt, like, stuff around her. And so, so I just, like, funny. Oh, writers could just be like, what if that this has this happened yet? No, I can do that? Okay, I'm going to – it's a flashbang grenade. Um, it's fun. Oh, that's so silly. 
if you're giving the reins of these characters, then just do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, we get a little bit of an interlude with the Shi'ar people in space. Don't worry about it. it has nothing to do with the story. It it is something that you, they 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 kind of sprinkle in a few things. A, a dead guy shows up at the mansion, yeah. but it never resolves. Yeah. Um, it's because they're sprinkling in more stuff to happen. It's, That's it's, what it's, I was figuring. I was like, yeah. where where does he come in? Who brought him there? Like, who is this guy? I was like, yeah. Damn, this turned into the Walking Dead real fast. Like, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll explain it by the end of this. Nope. Um, and <laughs> nope. Six issues in, and, and nothing happens. Nope. There, I should have actually. I forgot because I hadn't read this before. I explained it to you, but a good friend would have uh, given a trigger warning for self harm. There is a self harm situation here where Anne Marie does attempt to take her life. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, uh, her brother stops it from happening, and thankfully, thankfully, Aurora also she gets therapy. She mm-hmm. takes care of herself. She gets mm-hmm. medicine. She finds her own nice little bisexual boyfriend who's the son of Wolverine. Uh. Um, and uh and every the, you know she has a she has a nice end to her story she's a great character that's my um, dream therapy getting help finding a bisexual boyfriend Ugh, let me know what, <laughs> what, what more could you need um that's basically what my girlfriend has yeah um, dang. <laughs> she goes to therapy and has a bi boy previously on x-men Hello, class, and pardon this interruption for some school announcements. Our next episode is going to be with returning guest James Willems, and we will be going through Ultimate X-Men number one through six by Mark Millar. Um, I'm very excited to go through this uh, because I enjoy the Ultimate comics, but I'm also interested to unpack the problematic nature of these comics because they came out during a time where maybe we weren't doing so well at being... Uh, less edgy and more inclusive Um, but uh, I think it'd be fun to talk about it with James um, especially because the ultimate invasion came out um, for current comics after that I'm working on getting Blaine Gibson to come back so that I can introduce to him my secret favorite mutant Phantom X who mysteriously has ties to both Weapon X and the Children of the Vault who we just are learning about in this episode Um, he's also French and charming as they come Thank you to the patrons on patreon.com slash class of X who support this show. And thank you honestly to anyone who follows and or interacts with the show on socials at class of X. I literally only do this show as an excuse to talk to people about X-Men. If I wanted to get rich and famous, I'd make some weird podcast about, I I don't know, uh, teaching sad men how to not be betas. I don't really know what straight men listen to nowadays. Is it like, podcasts about war who knows anyways back to the show enjoy so yeah john paul picks her up and then we get a little bit of a glimpse into the conquistador when we jump to the vault Mm -hmm. um the the camara roja vault um and they do the thing i love this they don't do this in every x-men comic but i love it like when they do it in movies where they say the name of the movie Mm -hmm. in the comic and it's when sangre like turns to the camera he's like reflect upon a supernova (laughs) and he he explains like the supernova and how it's a metaphor for them and i was like that's fun i like that yeah he said the name Uh, he said the name that's great then we get a little bit more time with uh the omega sentinel and for the life of me i googled i looked i could not figure out why beast has four fingers only 
he doesn't normally only have four fingers because he puts up his fingers like how many fingers and she goes three because he's holding his thumb placed in his palm Mm -hmm. and i was like why is beast missing a digit i don't know why i did not even notice that he he's not that's not part of his thing like nightcrawler has limited digits that's part of his thing long shot does as well who's this other mutant um but beast always has five digits so i don't know if i missed something like if if or if just whoever was writing this was like, he only has four fingers, right? Like he has only four. <laughs> just had it wrong. Yeah. It happens. Um, nothing much happens here. They're talking to her. This is when Wolverine shows up wearing uh, his dungarees and, and tank top. <laughs> um, and he's mad that they let his boyfriend into the, the X mansion um, <laughs> without his knowledge. Um so he's, true their bromance he, is un unrivaled <laughs> they're so they're so strange yeah um they people have been trying for years to write like them together they finally did like the wolverine origin story um at one point and there was a i can't remember at this point what was the explanation of Sabretooth's connection to wolverine but they are like sort of distant relatives i think god yeah. i should reread that and actually do an episode on that I, I really uh, liked in the, the movie how they they started the movie with the sequence of them fighting through all the wars together. Time. Yeah. yeah. I loved that sequence. Not a perfect movie. No. Don't think I'd call X-Men Origins Wolverine perfect. No. Uh, but it had some fun moments, and that was one of them. I agree. Their little, yeah. their little montage um, together. Uh, and so then we get back to uh, Serafina and uh pero um and they are doing their last touches on getting north star and aurora ready to do an assassination and seraphine does another cool little like power flex and basically steals like basically turns off the sun for like three seconds um and steals all that power to give to the bobears um and sends them off on like a super speed assassination attempt and this is where they show up and obliterate Cannonball and Iceman. It's the end of the issue. Yeah. And yeah. then we get to the best cover ever of X-Men comics. <laughs> the uh, the makeout sesh. <laughs> that'd be, uh, to be honest though, how do your lips not get like stuck to him if you kiss Iceman in the ice form? Like, That's... Be, like if you, if you oh, make well, out with him too long? In the screenshot I have, his lips are his normal form. Are th- so. oh in on the cover they're not in the oh. comic they probably were yeah on the cover cover she's she's totally snogging on a popsicle that's totally uh, clickbait wow <laughs> wowie they really do um that. so then this is when they they basically make their the assault on the X mansion and I don't I, I'm not normally somebody who like I, I love the drama of X Men but I also love when people can do really clever ways of displaying like a good x-men fight where they're mm-hmm. using their powers in unique ways and you you actually you talk about goku a second ago yeah uh they have a full-on like goku speed fight at this point yes where they're a blur and they love their description of like between the one one hundredth of a second it takes for emma's thoughts to turn her into like a diamond they take her out yeah um between like the time the shutter on Cyclops's visor like opens and closes, they basically use him as like a joystick and just blast everybody with his optic blast and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it all happens very very quickly, and I think that they they could have very easily made that part of the comic 
confusing and it wasn't like it was very easy to follow i was gonna ask um i love chris bacalo's style but sometimes it's a lot of chaos it's very chaotic way of drawing it's there's it's a lot of debris it's a lot of like uh hard edges and, and just kind of a lot going on mm-hmm. was that ever a difficulty like some people have a hard time fall you you, you probably I didn't because you've been reading comics since you were or right. you've read them since you were a kid um, i think that i could do without so much debris i do think that that is like an accessibility issue um like i feel point. like it is it is just a little hard to like obviously I'm re- I was reading it on my phone so like I have the ability to like zoom in and sure. really kind of like look at everything and I reading it on paper would have probably honestly been more difficult for me cuz um, it wouldn't have been as like you can zoom in on the little moments and that yeah, kind of thing yeah it's a little bit of like a little bit of a maximalist style his thing where he just like yes. he really throws everything on there yeah. um but I, I will do say love- that was it was hard to get used to at first. Like the first issue was hard for me to get into the first of that you had me read. Um, But then you get used to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've talked to some people on this podcast who even have a hard time tracking which panel to read next. It's kind of something you learn as you read comics to kind of almost follow the bubbles, the thought bubbles, the speech bubbles. But I know some people have had a hard time following that. And I think Chris Bacalo's style can also like, sometimes be a little bit hard to figure out what exactly he's drawing in full detail but um that is another thing this app that i was using helps with if you like zoom in and just click like you're flipping a page it'll take you yeah yeah it takes you to the right speech bubble that's great uh that is a very good accessibility feature on these things now where you can do the guided view style um then we get a really great fight because uh north star does make it down to the basement to kill Sabretooth and then Rogue uh, taps a fool with a fist <laughs> and copies his powers and while her his sister is like dropping all the X-Men like X-23 and Mercury <laughs> and all these other guys um, they start going into their own super speed fight. This is also when Mystique cool-headed queen goes I'm gonna mess with this girl's head. I'm gonna mess with her. That's what I do. I'm mystique. I mess with people's heads. That's my superpower. <laughs> um, That's real mommy issues. Knowing that she's a mom now, I'm like, I get it. She's manipulative as fuck. <laughs> she, I think it was actually right before this, which is partly why Rogue is really mad at her. Mystique has never approved of Gambit being her boyfriend husband. <sighs> um both moms. Both moms don't like him. It's great. Um, he's a little toxic, but it's fine. He's, depending on who's writing him, he's either just the perfect fit for Rogue, mm-hmm. and then sometimes just a little bit of, like, too much of a Rogue. Yes. Um, and uh, you almost feel like he doesn't deserve her. It really yeah. depends on who's writing him. Um, but Mystique did a real bad no-no. Don't do this if you're a mom and have superpowers. Um <laughs> She breaks into the school as a student, um, like formed as a different like mutant, and then proceeds to attempt to repeatedly uh, woo Gambit to try to get him to cheat on her so then she could tell Rogue, your boyfriend cheated on me. <laughs> Obviously, podcast listeners can't see my face right now. Just hand I, to palm, I, hand, I, hand to forehead. I... I 
I made a joke about mommy issues, but this is real. Like uh, the femmes listening to this know what it's like to have a mom that wants to compete with you. Yeah. That is that is the comp. Oh, that's so real. Who wrote that yeah. issue? Who wrote? They know it too well. They know the yeah, mommy I think, trauma. I think that was actually Chuck Austin who. He had some very interesting takes in the X-Men. I like them a lot. Some people have mixed feelings on him, but I thought that was hilarious. Bro. Um, There's some moms who would do that in a heartbeat. I know for a fact. I'll say this about Chuck Austin's writing. On the topic of X-Men is a soap opera, Mm -hmm. Chuck got the assignment. He understood Mm -hmm. it. And he just was like, let's just throw all the relational drama we could. Like It was everything. Everyone was having relationship drama and... There were weird triangles happening and, <laughs> and just all kinds of stuff. And so that was one of them. Mystique did that. Um, and she shouldn't have, but she did. Yeah, damn. Um, I hate her too. Damn. <laughs> yeah. She's Mystique is always this, like she is the peak villainous that will never stop being a villainous because she's a little bit sociopathic. The only person she, the only person she actually really loves is her wife, destiny. And mm-hmm. the only people she ever even cared about are her kids and even saying that about nightcrawler which is really sad she's really like rogue's been her favorite yeah because she raised rogue she didn't raise nightcrawler because she had to abandon him um because of like angry villagers damn uh so then this is when aurora is about to beat down on mystique but then gets saved by iceman doing a really cool reconstitution trick yeah um and this is where you get the skin on skin CPR. She's giving him CPR. It's not smut, but no, they're she's making out. Him, yeah, my, they're making out. My head cannon making out. <laughs> I've seen people do CPR. That's not how you hold them. That's not how you hold them. <laughs> True. Like, there's no way that that air is going to his lungs. Like, she's no. like, there are tongues in there. <laughs> like, you're supposed to have him on the ground to do like the 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 compressions, the chest compressions. <laughs> She ain't doing that. She's holding him up like uh, some sort of Shakespearean like uh, mural. Yep. It's great. <laughs> then we get a really cool super speed fight between Rogue and North Star, but he gets to outdo her because he has a lot more history with these powers, which makes sense that he would know them a lot more. But then we get an introduction to my boyfriend, Cable, <laughs> um, who manages to kind of drop North Star. Not really clear on how but he uses some sort of his manifestation of his current powers to take him out. Yeah. And we get a nice cool, like superhero pose where he's just standing there kind of like turned away, but looking at them mm-hmm. still and, and arms like flexing, like he's just standing there flexing his arms. It was a grand entrance for sure. It was a, it was a grand entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the assassination doesn't work out. So this is when Serafina's is like, all right, I got to go in there and take care of this. And so she cloaks up, tries to pass by the X-Men as they're like recuperating from this fight. Um, we get a nice little like hint as to Wolverine, like not being able to detect her, but detects that there's like a, there's a hole in the, in the world, in the place that he can't sense. Um, and then that kind of foreshadows to him finding her eventually. Um, this is when Cable goes and interrogates Sabretooth. Um, who is not being helpful still. <laughs> who's like he needs help and doesn't know how to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um but manages to get him to, to cable manages to like be like, hey dude, you gotta just tell us a story or else we can't help you. Um Beast his, then his, uh, uh is like uh, a, his avoidant attachment style was showing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of my favorite episodes I've done of this show was I had my buddy Mikey Randolph on, and he was a big uh, a comic nerd, but also has his own horror movie podcast, which mm-hmm. is where I had him on because I because they asked me on theirs, and he is a uh, licensed counselor and crisis manager, yeah. uh, and we spent a lot of the episode just talking about the need of a therapist on this stupid team. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. <laughs> They yeah. got, I mean, if you got your mom is showing up as like a girl, a, someone trying to steal your boyfriend to trick him, like you're gonna, you want to talk to someone, people. Yep. Yeah. When's the last time you went to therapy? Uh, was, yesterday. Mine, yeah, mine was last Wednesday. Yeah. Um, good times. Go to therapy, people. Yeah. I've said that so many times on this podcast. Um, <laughs> this is when, uh, next is when Serafina does, uh, uh, beep into uh master lady mastermind's brain to try to be like ooh, what can i do with these powers yeah um and she really does one over on cannonball poor guy what, poor what did guy. you think about that whole thing i i loved it i loved it um because <laughs> poor I, guy I, I loved it no no, no. poor guy i she i love seraphina i mean her her line alone was saber i love her um but I mean, and she looks like something out of a Tim Burton film or something. Yeah, yeah. And she, listen, what she did was fucked up. But I, I love a sequence of fucking with men <laughs> in comic oh, man. books, like to uh, send a man through an entire lifetime with him, with children, yeah, and love, and like, and then she's like, "Bro, it was like twenty minutes. We were married yeah. for like twenty minutes." Yeah. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) He's going to be he's going to be processing that for For so long long. time. Gosh. Uh, Um, Like he even like there even is like when he finally confronts her at the end Mm -hmm. and he's like we had kids. What was going on? She's like it was twenty minutes for me. I can't think. Like they even draw moments where he's just like he can't compute. Yeah. And he's still like he he was in love with her. Yeah. He he knows he has to defeat her, so he still like shoots off and really like like decimates her. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I think there was a panel after that where he was just like still just like no satisfaction, no closure. Yeah, um, yeah. Because she 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 sent him through something no most people don't go through in these kinds of comics. Well, if she, um, if she had like um, tried to um, play the victim card in any way at that point yeah. i don't think he would have killed her because the reason that he did kill her is because she said that it wasn't real and he was like yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. i needed to know and then he, he was looking her. for a crack yes um and, yeah. she, and she didn't have any and she was just like nope it was a game haha yeah fooled you yeah she should have pretended uh, oh also this issue which we are uh in issue 191 um this happens sometimes i don't know what the reason why but they actually had a different artist for this so if you're reading this and you're like this issue had different drawings it's because that happens sometimes but they switched it back to chris uh bacalo uh after this one um i didn't even notice (laughs) yeah most people they just keep reading it and they just see it but like uh i always thought it was jarring when i i i was always a kid that i liked I followed artists more than I followed writers because I was just like very visually oriented. Fair. So I liked the certain, like if someone who I didn't like their drawing was drawing X-Men, I was very upset. Yeah. Um, now as a, as a adult, I very much prefer following writers um, while still loving when I find certain artists that I'm super a fan about. Like Russell Dodderman, I was talking about, he is wonderful right now in X-Men comics and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I definitely follow him. And there was another one I recently followed. I can't remember his name, but it was it was a Ultimate Comics one. But the writers is what I follow a lot more now because it's, it's the story is really what I'm into now. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, I was a little kid and I just wanted to draw cool pictures, so that's that was partly why I love the X Men. Um, Understandable. <laughs> Sabretooth then kind of tells like how he found the turtle in the vault that he was on it on on a assassination hit list grocery list kind of thing. Last guy was actually the guy that hired him. The guy was trying to get rid of all these scientists that they thought they did something terrible, but he had second thoughts at the very end, and he lets Sabretooth know about the Conquistador, which is this giant ship out in the ocean that has like eight foot thick walls that are holding something cool, something cool. Yeah, let's go find it. Yeah, nothing bad can happen. This mysterious ship that we don't know what's in the hull. But he's but he's like just a man who thinks he can do whatever he wants. So Sabretooth just bites the bait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if Man of Medan, the dark anthology, was based off of this ship alone. It's very much <laughs> the same vibes. <laughs> the ship looks the same, too. I don't know. Like a mysterious ship that has... Uh, what uh, an entire society inside of it i don't know i'm not no, familiar so with the story the there's like treasure hunters that like pirate um a ship of like normies that are supposed to they're looking for manchurian gold and it's oh. supposed to be on the ship but you find yeah. out later that manchurian gold is um not gold but like a chemical that like fucks oh. with you yeah yeah That's very fun. very cool oh yeah it's the it's it's the the age old story of like don't open Pandora's box. Yes. Leave it alone. Literally. There is I've just turned to maybe one of the saddest splash pages in the comics ever. It's this one where it's just the the the, oh, the yeah. photo album of Sam's Cannonball's other life. Mm. Um it's like the opening of like uh up. Yes, uh, that's exactly the vibe where it's like <laughs> I fell in love, like we were flirting, then I fell in love, and then we have this She's beautiful pregnant life. And, oh my god! And oh, the kids. The, uh, there's multiple kids, and one's up on my shoulders, and that kind of thing. And then she um, takes the kids away, very Scarlet Witch esque. Yeah. Wild. It's so men are my play toy. You know, she's thing. like, you'll forget about it anyways. It doesn't matter. She, uh, cause, cause he starts, he starts questioning the illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, she tries to cover it up with like a mental illness in the story, but, um, there's a panel where he's like, uh, he questions where are the kids and she's like, she's, she's, she's speaking most of the audience, but she says like, Oh, the kids, I wrote them off. You'll forget them in a second. And then there's a panel where she just says, I liked it better when it was just the two of us. Like she is just, this is a toy. This yeah. is not a thing. This is not a man. Yeah. This is an action figure. She's posing and do whatever she wants with. She's playing Barbies. He's just Ken. <laughs> sometimes, you know, men should be played with. They, just, uh, <laughs> don't play with men, but sometimes they need to be. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying sometimes men need it. Um, <laughs> just got to take him down a notch. Uh, this is also, after this is when we uh, we meet the dead guy who's not dead. Don't worry about it right now because it'll happen in in a few comics from now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabretooth uh, does find the ship. Uh, twist right as they're going to get on the ship. That's when M Day happens. Yeah. Uh, and the, his friend who has a force field like punches the wall but can't but like breaks his hand and everything like that. Um, is actually they wrote when M Day happened they wrote a lot of like little stories about like where certain mutants were when it happened. Cause it's not going to happen at an opportune time for everybody. It's right. like, 
if uh uh you know an emp blast went across the the planet some people like you and i right now would be fine because right. just everything in our house would go dark but someone in an airplane would be screwed because right. that airplane would go bye-bye um and stories like this where this guy like loses his powers at a really opp- inopportune time were part of that and one of the saddest ones was there's this great mutant from the new mutant story called magma she's this really cool uh uh femme mutant who has control over like you know lava and the underbelly of the earth and everything like that and she found a boyfriend who also had similar powers and they were having fun being magma people riding an underground lava wave together <gasps> and just being like sassy wonderful little uh you know eat pray love lava f- boyfriend girlfriend no m day happens he loses powers <gasps> she keeps hers she watches him uh burn up in the lava oh my god <laughs> sad right it's it's sad it's tragic it's heart-wrenching it's honestly a little hurtful like why yeah like kill them both damn like <laughs> who i i, I <sighs> can't remember who was writing at that time but uh i think it might have been chuck austin but they knew how to hurt us they yeah. knew how to hurt the writer the reader wow um it's 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 not good wow. uh saber kicks the tires, lights the fires and lets the children out of the vault. Um, and then tries to fight them. Does not succeed because they are OP. Um, and only gets saved by the fact that they try to burn up his partner who doesn't have his force field anymore, but was holding all of their incendiaries and kind of like escapes in the explosion. And that's how Sabretooth gets on the run. And that's right. the story. Right. Um, Cable's gotten all of this from him and, we're cutting back and forth between that and the fake life, second life that Sam is uh, living. And she's starting to not be able to hold sway over him. And we find out why, because it cuts away to Wolverine founder pulled out the cords um, and wants to have a fight of his own, but doesn't manage to get very far. Nope. Do you remember what happened? What would you remember what she did to to him? What she um, do to Wolverine? She, Okay. I think I understand her powers, but I don't fully understand. She, she like, put her hand through him. Yes? No. No. That was, there was a panel of that. That is Aurora. Oh, you're uh, right. Putting her hand through X-23. Um, however, I think it's because your brain's trying to connect that she messes with the insides of him. Mm-hmm. She threw her power. I don't know oh, exactly yes. how. I remember. She put something on his blades that's, like, poisoning him. She turns his adamantium into a version of adamantium that is like virulently poisonous. God, that's um, so fucked. <laughs> it's it's definitely he. The boy gets hurt by the adamantium a lot. It's really yeah. sad he has them, and they're very cool. But he gets boo boos from them all the time. Yeah. Um, Cannonball wakes up. He's very angry. Um, and she, you know, just messes his man's head and follows it up with a nice kick to his dome, and she leaves. And then this is when Cable introduces how the children of the vault works. Do you mm-hmm. recall? So why are the children of the vault the way they are? Can you explain it to the audience why um, they are? So I guess that like life for them on this ship um, is faster than yes. life outside of the ship. So they've evolved into, so they're humans, but they've yes. in, evolved into humans who have almost adapted mutant-like 
abilities, I believe. Yes. yes. You're okay. 100%. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole like uh, time is relative. Mm-hmm. And in this ship, they use technology that passed 6,000 years. Um, and they have turned into what a lot of people colloquially call them post-humans. Mm. Um, they're not mutants. They're not humans. They're something that comes out after humans. Um, Very interesting. And they are part of a, an experiment that was supposed to go off when humanity ended. They were supposed to be the follow-up, the encore to humanity. But the energies of M-Day happening woke them up, and now they're like, well, we should just go ahead and kill everybody. Because Speed up the we're process. Supposed to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly, like, if they came out and they just saw the state of affairs, like if someone did that right now and just look at the state of affairs <laughs> and they were like, we should start over, there'd be a lot of us, especially like millennial and younger generation, <laughs> being like, Fair yeah, enough. <laughs> you should. It's cool. We're good. Thanks. I get it. Fair enough, yeah. dude. Can't Damn. argue. Can't I don't know what to say. Like, I've <sighs> met Republicans. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, can I watch you kill the Republicans first? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You do conservatives first, and then you just you just get rid of all of us uh, second, just yeah. so we can have some solace. Sorry, I don't mean to make this podcast political. How dare me? <laughs> well, um, we're, you know, we're too queer. Um, I know. You know, we're queer. It, and X-Men is gay. That's... Yeah. And me me saying I'm trying not to make an X-Men podcast political when the X-Men are literally a metaphor for all other groups, all minorities. Yes. They have been a metaphor for the queers. They've been metaphors for the people of color. They've been metaphors for everything that's been a, a lesser to the to the norm. Yeah. Um, so if and you if didn't get that, you're reading it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if you're con- a conservative listening to this and you're just now realizing that, that's on you, bestie. I don't know. What yeah. You got duped. You got duped. You've been reading queer propaganda. It's, it's, it's been the whole time. Anti-men, feminist propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they make the plan that they need to go and uh, take over the conquistador and get rid of the children. And the children go, well, we should hasten our plans. And they make their boat fly and head towards mainland. And that is the end of 191. Yeah, seeing we the get- ship in the air was nuts. I will say that. It's very Peter Pan. Yeah, I was like, okay, that that just got ten times scarier, actually. Yeah, we. Yeah. I, this is the point of the podcast where I'm like, I'm keeping you so long talking about X Men, and so I'm going to try to rapidly get through these last bits so we can wrap this up. I understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, but basically, the next issue is the the you know they they're they're ga- it's the gather the team montage. Rogues like okay, we can inject these nano sentinels in Sabretooth. And uh, Lady Mastermind wakes up um, and almost flashes everybody her her unmentionables um, <laughs> because who can keep a, a hospital garment on and not flash everybody your butt? Yeah. Um, I've been there multiple times. <laughs> um, she's like, all right, Cable, you're with me as well because why not? Um, and she's got she's like Lady Mastermind's got a beef to settle, so she gets on the team as well because this lady, uh, she's like she can like. She can like feel Sam in her head because like she used her powers on yep. him. Um, then Cyclops kind of like does a double take on like letting Rogue take her team out to go defeat these these children. And Rogue, being how you said it, boss girl, let's do some boss girl stuff. Yep. Um, boss girls it and says, "Dude, you gotta let me, you know, take my team." And it's fun. I love this splash page of her whole team getting on the the flight to go take out the children because it's not until you see them all together where you're like 
it's it really strikes you like well she's got like multiple villains yeah she's got a human who's a sentinel you know which is also their villain Mm -hmm. and then the rest is like she's got cable and Iceman and cannonball and her um it's a real like motley crew mishmash of all this stuff but it's very fun to like it felt mix them very up. empowering seeing that page in itself i was like no cyclops you told her that you wanted this to happen and she said you said that she could choose whoever she wants she did that and and this is her shit like she's she, out here she even does what everybody wants to do look cool and like in this conversation she like pulls her hood up <laughs> yes she's like she's just all dramatic <laughs> and then even even in this shot she's just like turning back with the she's got a cape and a hood yeah she's so cool yeah uh. Um, and, uh, so they head off, um, the, they've got the, the hard task of trying to get on this ship of superpowered people. Um, this is where also Rogue and Mystique have a little talk where Mystique is like, Hey, thanks for having me on the team. I really appreciate it. And Rogue's <laughs> like, I have you on the team so I can watch you. So you don't like stab us in the back and I don't like you. And I'm really mad at you and that kind of thing. And also call um, me Rogue. Don't call me by also, my first yeah. name. Don't call me Anna. Yeah. Don't go by Anna, Mom. What I go by hell? Rogue. <laughs> Haven't gone by Anna in forever. The dynamic is so different now that I know she's her mom. Wow. Yeah. I miss that You give completely. that context and you're just like, oh, these aren't just two ladies who are uh, having a tiff. Yeah. It's, uh, there's maternal problems. I'm your boss, Mom. Treat me like a professional. <laughs> 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 Don't call me by my first name or I'm my friends. <laughs> this is my first mission (laughs) you're embarrassing me that's officer dewey to you (laughs) can you shapeshift into a version of a mom that doesn't embarrass me (laughs) can you do that god so Uh. good uh they use illusion powers from lady mastermind to trick those children to get onto the ship um but the children come out to meet them and have a little bit of a fight uh uh, Pero takes out uh, Cannonball and uh, Rogue tries out a little bit of like a, you know, when you're like a boss of the of a superhero team, you got to have a cool catchphrase. She <laughs> kind of steals one from this bald captain from a, a sci-fi TV show. She just goes, X-Men, engage. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the issue. And I read that and I'm like, do we want to workshop that a little bit? Do you want to like, do you want to? You want to try a few alternatives, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, see if see if we can get it. Just throw out like just throw out three quick ones. Three quick ones. You know, one for you, one for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she's trying. She's, she's trying. <laughs> Fuego uh, manages to absorb Iceman, um, uh, and they do a kind of a little series of images where there's all like all of her her entire team is dropping like flies. Yeah. And. Uh, this is when they the the leader Sangre goes like, oh, yeah, I got you guys, and he's like, and we are we have reached our destination, and they've got this giant tankard hovering over what is, if you know the context, basically the remaining mutant population. There's yeah. not very many that are not on the compound right now, and so you could just just drop drop a big old ship, and they'll be done. Yeah. Final issue, Laurel. Let's do it. On a, on a scale of one to ten, how much are you tired of me talking about the X Men? No, I'm point? actually really enjoying this. Like, okay. you know, I, I'm 
I'm neurodivergent, so like if you get me talking what? about something I like, I just I could just keep going, you know. Okay. I could talk about I'm, this shit I'm, for hours. I'm making the like the hum happen, like you're just humming along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm having that's a great how, time. That's how when I find because I have I have my own flavor of neurodivergency in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um when I get into that, it's very much like a I describe it as like a hum in my brain like a like a pleasant hum yeah of when i'm in like it's almost like in a flow when i hit yes. the flow on something and certain music can do that and and frisian uh, yes yeah frisian there you go i yeah, yeah. i'm a i'm a music-based autistic so i get it like you yeah. you put me in headphones and give me music that like hits differently in each ear and i will um yeah. be comatose yeah. for days <laughs> yeah i Best invention in the world. Best invention ever. Noise canceling headphones. Noise canceling Bluetooth headphones. I'm pointing to them on my bed. Those are my babies. Those are my house catches on fire. Those go with me. (laughs) That's how I grocery shop. I got mine right here too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, It's the best thing in the world. I can cut out other stimuli and just input the stimuli I want into these ears. Please subscribe to that. Please. Um, Okay. Last issue, we are in issue 193. The ship is hovering over uh, the school. I love this panel where Emma is, she goes, with our lives being as surreal and hallucinogenic as they are, it's been a while since I felt the actual need to do serious drugs. <laughs> and she's she's even got like her hand to her like head where she's just like, oh God, I, I could use an upper right now. Um <laughs> Girl, like, me, me right uh, now. <laughs> Emma is unashamed about her entire life and is unashamed about who she is. And Emma unashamedly always talks about like her past where she did a lot more drugs. Yeah. She's she's a little bit in her later years now. And she's like, I don't have time for that now. But she's like, oh, yes, yeah, sweetie, I did drugs. And mm. yes, this nose is fake. I this I bought this. <laughs> um, she don't care. She'll tell you. Yeah. The I Sentinels try to go and uh, defeat the ship that's hovering over the school. They don't do any good. We knew that was going to happen. Um, I love where well, they cut back up to like the the children of the vault and they talk about how their plan is to replace everybody. And this like the ship is filled with like 3000 other, you know, uh, children. And they're going to like, you know, deal with this. After that, though, as the X-Men are trying to like like on the ground are trying to figure out how to deal with the ship. I just love that Wolverine and Colossus, just two bros, not much thought, <laughs> not much thought between them. They're like, they're like ginger cats. They haven't, they don't shit. They share one brain cell. They like Colossus is like, I throw Wolverine at ship and see if help. Yeah. And he just chucks his friend, which is a move they do all the time. It's called a fastball special. Yeah. Um, it's very but there's himbo. Just a panel. It's so, oh, Colossus big old himbo. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a panel where it's just Wolverine like patanging off this <laughs> ship, and he's just like, "Yup, that didn't work. Who else has got an idea?" Yeah, yeah. He's trying to be helpful. He's Gotta trying. He took a real nice face plant for that, though. Real That's nice his job. <laughs> but after that is when we get the fun reveal where uh, Rogue Rogue gets to enact her plan. The entire disc that was on the ship that was given that ship power explodes because Mommy Issues Mystique was <laughs> presenting as Cable, and Cable was off being his little bash brother self and uh, destroyed it. And I love that the start of the fight 
is just like Mystique pulling out like dual pistols and just lighting up Sangre. Yeah. Like she hasn't put in the thermite bullets yet. They're going to kill him in a second, but she's just like, let's start this fools. And she just like, <laughs> just fills him with holes. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. <laughs> uh, then another great fight sequence happens that I love. There's a lot going on, but they kind of do the whole thing where, okay, the X-Men have the upper hand and then, oh, they sort of don't. This is when we get the little uh, something special about killing misogynist panel. Yep. Um, and she, and uh, we don't really see Sabretooth for the rest of the comic very much. He kind of, he takes a, a, some nannies right there. That, um, it, that really did take me out. That's why I screenshot it. I was like, damn. It's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you had that instinct because i have that instinct all the time yeah. and i'm just like oh is that just me no it's like these there's panels in these comics that speak to people because writers are able to just like encapsulate the human experience so yeah. well yeah it's part of why i love comics it's part of why uh sometimes the movies have done it well sometimes they've not is that uh, i think the comics have have distilled that to a to a science at this point and the movies it's harder to consistently right. accomplish yeah, yeah. I'm kind of scared about them making the X-Men in the movies. We'll see. Maybe it'll be good. I should yeah. manifest that. Yeah. Okay. So they're fighting. Uh, Lady Mastermind manages to fake out Fuego to kill two of his teammates with his firepowers. Um, she don't give a th- care about it. She's like, ha ha, got you. Um, and then this is where Serafina has an opportunity to like s- tell Sam that it meant something. Um, and he like, oh, man, I'm just looking at this and it's breaking my heart. He's just like, I loved you. And she says, yes, because I told you to. Ugh, um, toxic. <laughs> toxic and, and, and but also like chef's kiss, tasty, good writing. Ugh, so um, good. And that's what like he like he does the full like he's trying. He And she says that and he just like he puts the goggles down and <laughs> he goes, like, okay. that's all I needed to hear. Um, and then he like blasts her across the ship but they reserve like like three panels at the end of just him slowly pulling himself out of the rubble and like sad boy walking away because he lost his wife. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, it's clever. It is. Then we get a nice giant splash page of the fight that's happening. Rogue is fuegoing fuego. Um, <laughs> and this is when we get the second return of Iceman, who is really showing off like his uh the extent of his abilities yeah um and i love that because i've always loved that character he's cool looking but also has like just fun powers he's just learning he's exploring he's learning about himself we love that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. you got to do that mm-hmm. uh sangre sees the fight is losing goes and tries to send the ship on a ramming speed towards the ground to like just physically deal with this um Cannonball and the Sentinels do a little bit of a Superman returns at the end there and try to hold up the ship. Uh, and this is when Mystique goes in there. Like, have you, cause you're a gamer. Mm-hmm. Whenever a game, and you've played Among Us, and oh, you yeah. played like modded Among Us and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at that because keeping track of. Like when you like when they introduced those abilities where you could like look like other characters, yeah, or you could steal the look of it, um, and then you have to complete, you have to continue the duplicity of that like that whodunit game. Yeah. I can never keep it straight. Was that something that you 
had a were good at liked doing what what was that part of Among Us? Because I remember you being because <laughs> we played a lot of Among Us during like COVID. I still and do. You were, I you were rough. Yeah, I um I think I'm known in our group as one of our better liars. Um, yeah, I the you know you talked about having Blizz on the podcast. Blizz is one of the only people that knows my tells. And if he, he's very good at Among Us, I have to kill him every time I'm imposter <laughs> because otherwise he figures it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think one of the big differences here is like if there's a shapeshifter and Among Us, like they can out themselves because if they're if you're using proximity chat, you can't pretend to yes. be the voice of somebody yes. else. But Mystique can. Yeah. So it's like I mean I don't know how anyone would actually be able to know Mystique is and- pretending. That's the fun part is like the way they like they've built the lore of her characters that some writers have written in like things like she is she is perfect at being able to pick up on someone's gestures um, from the get go. So she's able to chameleon people really quickly or else it'd be really awkward for her to be anybody because like everybody walks differently. Everybody talks differently. Um, And so like she's she's hopping between forms in this fight because then she looks like Serafina mm-hmm. and gets down there to confront Sangre shoots him up with the thermite bullets um, and uh, is the queen of knowing when to turn back into herself like if that's that's gotta yes. be her favorite moment it is is when she gets to do that in front of somebody she just duped she has so much joy in being like got him <laughs> yeah got you <laughs> well, she is this she is this like immortal shape-shifting uh uh queer woman mm-hmm. um and she's got to find her fun where she can and tricking dumb men gotta be the top of it yeah. gotta be the top of it yeah Ugh. i would do it i would do it if i had that power. the more we talk about mystique the more i realize she might be my favorite that's what I do in this podcast. I make everybody love Mystique. That's basically <laughs> my job. Well, because I love uh, Rogue, so it makes sense. It does. Our our mutual friend, Lori Bird, mm-hmm. was one of my first guests, and Lori asked for a Mystique story, but just She didn't do Scarlet Witch? She's a no. Scarlet Witch girly. Well, she asked for... She gave me a few options. She didn't include Scarlet Witch, but she did say Mystique, and mm-hmm. so I gave her... I, I had her uh, read this solo Mystique series. It was really great, and... And uh, I, I, I think I just ignited even like bigger fire in her for yeah. Mystique. Um, and, 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 but since then, I, people just been like, John really likes that blue lady. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, because she's awesome. She's really cool. She, like, uh, she's one of those X-Men that I don't think has a whole lot of vulnerabilities. Like, obviously, she doesn't no. have like, you know, force field powers, but she's, yeah. she's hard to see coming. You know. Another way that she's been described is that her mutant power is surviving. Yes. And 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 it her every display of her abilities is just that like she gets to survive on a mental level, on a longevity level, on a healing level, she can survive and and uh That's how I'm trying to she, be. <laughs> same. Same. God. You just you just need to be an immortal transmorph. That's yep. all you got to be. Yeah. I'm halfway there. Non-binary bisexual yeah i'm i'm getting i'll be there <laughs> we're gonna add uh uh metamorphosizing individuals or transmorphs into the lgbtq at some point it's, yeah. it's on the to-do list yeah <laughs> um she blows up that boy real good and jumps out and we get a nice little like return the favor where bobby saves her from falling 
Um, and they yeah, I eat. really liked that moment. That was nice. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, just like them, like we sliding down his little <laughs> ice slide together. Yeah. Like, remember when we kissed a while ago? That was fun. We yeah. should do it again. Yeah. Um. Oh my god, I'm Mystique. Um, Iceman <laughs> is Blizz. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yep. It yeah. does track. It you, does. You track. have to be able to kiss your gay friends. You know. <laughs> That's your guys' uh that's your guys' Halloween couples. Costume. Oh my god. Not that. couples, couples costume. Yeah. Yep. He'd be he he well he picked yeah, he picked Iceman for his episode. He likes he sense. likes Bobby. And so he uh I think he's even said he wants to either cosplay or Halloween costumers just dress up as oh, Iceman. Oh, you know at what? Weird little full circle moment. But Bobby in like the X-Men movies was played by um the actor who is also in Man of Medan with the Machirian, Machirian Gold. Oh, I don't know. really? Yeah, he's one of the motion That's captor, funny. caption actors. Yeah, we, Fun. we connected it. We connected yeah. it. Um, so Cutie. yeah, f- fights over. Uh, the giant conquistador tankard is floating above the school, um, and the 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 issue kind of ends with like rogue being like all right let's let's get back to taking care of the school and rogue is like nope i got my team i'm going to go do stuff bye <laughs> i loved that she's like we're just grabbing our things yeah yeah, yeah 100% and she does once again they draw it in the hood yep. like she hoods cyclops all the time and he's got to be getting so tired of that he's like just take off your hood i can't see your face stop she's, doing that she's just cooler than you cyclops and you're just going to have to deal with it <laughs> She is. I yep. actually really like Cyclops, but uh, no, Rogue's a thousand times cooler. I'm sorry. Cyclops is just a Chad to me. He'll always be a Chad to me. He I don't is. Know. I think I explained it in the last episode where he's, to a lot of us queer readers, he's the embodiment of like the guy we want to fix. We know we can't yeah. fix him, but like, I'm, I'll fix him. I promise. I, like, you know he can't, but we were like, I could do it. Just give him to me. I'll take care of him. Yeah. Um, and he's that kind of a guy. <laughs> the issue ends uh, with them uh, with a little bit of a of an epilogue uh, in the jungles of Ecuador, where it's we're led to believe that that the tankard you know blew up and there's no more children of the vault. But they have a like secondary location is kind of like what's alluded to, and this isn't the end of the children. They're going to be around for quite a while, which is great. They've tricked the X Men. They tricked them. Cool, because they're post-humans. They're, they've been around much longer. They're, they're smarter than that. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of it. Uh, how'd you feel about reading this? Um, I verbally, after finishing it, um, I verbally said out loud, um, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, I, you know, for those of you who don't know, I haven't read a comic since pre-pandemic. So like yeah. it's been a really years long time because um, I'm in my self-help era. So if I'm reading something, I'm reading a self-help book instead. Um, That's good. <laughs> so I, you know, I one thing that I've always loved about anime and manga and comics is that they can really go there yeah. because sometimes putting that on screen in live action makes it a little too dark but they can really go there with comics and like just the uh, Sam getting his whole like life um, simulated to him really stuck with me. Um, And also obviously I didn't know this till you brought it up a little bit ago, but the, the two mutants who one lost the power, their powers while they were, 
you know, yeah. gliding through some magma. Like they go there. And I, yeah. I love that they go there, but they still have their moments where they take back their power. Like Rogue taking back her power is so empowering. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It, it was great. I had a great time. Genuinely. Her story is, is the broken girl who fixes herself. Yes, that's why I love her. Oh my God, that's what it is. She's me. She has mommy trauma. (laughs) She has mommy trauma and she has her own like issues that she doesn't know how to self-regulate, right? Uh 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 Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so her whole life is just trying to figure that out. Oh my God, I get it now. I get it now. I'm just rogue. I, uh, I'm just rogue. (laughs) I'm just rogue. (laughs) I'm just rogue. I'm rogue enough. Um... (laughs) Rogue also, I'll let you know this about Rogue just so you know, because I love telling people the full happy ending, is that not only does, is Rogue in this good of a point in her life at this, like in 2006, but mm-hmm. not too long from that point, like around 2010, she fully does learn to control her powers eventually and yeah. is like so OP because she can not only touch people now, she kisses her boyfriend, all that kind of stuff. Yeah! But, even, <laughs> but even when she touches them to take her powers, she gets to control how much she takes. And so she she doesn't hurt people anymore when she's like taking her power, their powers uh, and that kind of thing. It's great. No, that's um, so cool. There's this great moment uh, in uh, X-Men comic that was came out not too long ago where they're at this like space casino taking it down. And, uh, Omega level mutants are the, mm-hmm. the terminology they use to describe the highest level mutants. Iceman's one of them. Mm-hmm. Jean Grey's one of them. And so Jean Grey's out there like telekinetically, like just decimating this ship and Rogue comes over and they draw this very sweet little panel. And she says a cute little line, like what's better than one Omega mutant. And she goes two. And while she's doing that, she kisses Jean Grey on the cheek takes her powers a little bit, just a sweet little friend's kiss. And then also like just starts decimating everybody with telekinesis. It's just very like women. Girls being cute. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Love it's, I women. love women moment. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. I need that framed. That panel. Yeah. I I'll, I'll, I'll screenshot and I'll send so you can at least see it. Yeah. I'd um, love so that. you can have that moment in your head. <laughs> um, so on like, you can be actually very critical of this and, and and very like you don't have to give an easy answer. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, um 10 being easy as pie, how difficult of of was this to get into with your level of X-Men knowledge? How difficult was this to follow? Um it was definitely confusing. Yeah. Um I think that I think that I have like a weird brain where I will put things in little pockets and remember them as I'm receiving information that like validates it, right? So like I would have these moments where I was like, M-Day, what the hell is that? And then I'd be like, oh wait, no, I do remember what that is. But it would would take like the second issue to get there. Um, So yeah, I, I, I feel like one out of 10, it's probably a six or a seven. Ooh, that's nice than I was expecting. Yeah, I mean- I do think that for me, the biggest issue was the art to start with and starting with a villain who is not really likable in any way. I hated that. I actually skipped those panels when I, um, (laughs) when I started reading it, I skipped until we were with the actual X-Men and then I went back and looked at them later. You wanted to know when the good stuff was going to happen so then you can handle the bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you going and, 
and when will the ice cream be served okay it'll be served then okay i'll eat my vegetables thank you yeah exactly um (laughs) yeah that's good no i appreciate that honestly i this is probably one of the ones that uh i would recommend people listen to this podcast and a few of these episodes from my podcast before reading this yeah but if you can get into this era of the x-men um a lot of fun stuff happens and this and technically supernovas actually goes on a little bit longer this is like part one through six of like the first part of supernovas right. and then like the whole story is like rogues like strike team or something like that so reading beyond that you actually get even more and more of like her even the next uh the next issue like the the cover is just a, a nice little like team photo of them all yeah standing there mystique and i do Cable feel very them. motivated to read about the supernova and supernovas now like i want to yeah. read more about this team that she's put together very yeah. much well if you do that's great if you don't it's all good um <laughs> but uh let's end the show with uh my favorite little game before we get to that i want to make sure to tell people um hey if you like listen to laurel you can listen to laurel a lot laurel is streaming on twitch <laughs> constantly can you give people some exact information on where yeah. and when they can check you out as well as a uh, youtube I'm actually dropping a new stream schedule this week, um, but you can catch me four times out of the week, four days a week um, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Laurel. Um, And pretty much everywhere else on social media, I am going by my full name, which is Laurel Rothamel, um, R-O-T-H-A-M-E-L. And um, yeah, if you guys like horror, if you guys like um, musical theater, if you guys like... uh, hyper fixations or talking about mental health or autism i'm your girl i'm your girly so there you go (laughs) also if you want like uh a few random cases of someone being really good at fps's you can check out laurel (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) played Fortnite with laurel and me and blizz just being carried by this very kind (laughs) kind person who's playing with us we're like thanks friend well i'm dead again could you could you get a crown royale for us please that was great <laughs> if you want to um, see the most toxic version of me you watch me play an oh, i love that too that was the best part because like because like boss business laurel business laurel came out and business laurel needed to click some heads <laughs> and take home this chicken dinner okay uh, yeah that's me. Um, that was great yeah check out laurel um and we're about to enter uh the best phase of Laurel, which is uh, uh, fall. Halloween, bitch. <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. You're, you're literally wearing a Halloween shirt right I am. now. You're right. Um, it's great. <laughs> uh, okay. So we, we play a little game. We fan cast the MCU. You can fan cast anybody you want, someone from this comic, someone from just any comic you want. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I especially love to ask this uh, to my, we'll call them younger friends, um, because me and my, my old buddies, we're just like, we're like stuck in the Meryl Streep like yeah. era of movies and that kind of thing. But I'm like, all right, bring me, bring me some, some, some people to play these characters. So what did you come up with, Laurel? Okay. Um, so Hari Neff is a trans actress who is mm. uh, recently in um, uh, Barbie. She was my favorite Barbie, actually. Um, and she was also in a season of you playing like just oh, like insufferable character. But knowing that Mystique is like a trans LGBTQIA plus icon, I would love to see her played by Hari. I think she looks like she could be a Mystique. Right? She's got like the 
the the hair and the bone structure mm-hmm. and like the eyes she would be great i think that she has a very empowering presence and i also think that she has the comedic timing of like i don't know our generation so i would love to see her do that um also my current hyper fixation actress um is uh anya taylor joy i would love to see her play either emma frost or rogue yeah. Yeah. Um she I she'd be a great Emma. I'd I would worry about my only criticism is whoever plays Rogue, I want them to be able to do the physicality of it all. Agreed. And every time I see Anya, she's just so delicate. I think she's of her very, like an, she's very much like <laughs> and I mean this in like the biggest compliment possible. She gives me very like beautiful alien vibes. Yes. Like yes. Yes. So she, definitely I, more of an Emma Frost, I feel. I think of her like in Emma mm-hmm. when she was, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Great movie. Where, you know, just Jane Austenian, you know, style of, you know, dressing and mannerisms. And I'm like, that's that's her. That's Anya. Yeah. Um, but uh, she she did. Uh, the Queen's Gambit, she was kind of. Uh, a badass. She was kind of rough. Yeah, she was a little rough and tumble in that one. So she might be able to pull off a rogue as well. Yeah. With a, and, and the wig would play because the. Uh, she had darker hair in that movie as well. I mean, I also think that Florence Pugh could be an amazing rogue. Um, oh, put, put get Florence out of this mess of an MCU you have right now and recast <laughs> her yeah. as any of them. Yeah. Any of the X-Men. Agreed. Uh, the other good thing about Hari Neff is that she is, uh, she's like 30 right now, which mm-hmm. is perfect if she were to play Mystique because they need somebody who's like not a kid, but like, they probably want to cast young enough to be able to sign her to like a long contract. And so they need her to stay within like prime age for a while. And so I think you nailed it. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good mystique. And Thank I you. would. Thank you. I, I, I know a, a army of gays would be so happy if a trans person played mystique. Yeah. Um, I think it just makes sense. I, right. Like she's yeah, yeah, yeah. a shapeshifter, you know, at know. the very, like I, Rebecca Romaine, queen mm. goddess mm-hmm. so perfect no notes absolutely um but if we're going to take a take two at like the x-men in movies um you cast a straight person as mystique i will boycott these movies yeah agreed <laughs> agreed i do think that the casting needs to just be a little bit more queer in general yeah 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 mm-hmm. um uh i i I, I do love a lot of the original casting, but I agree with that completely. This is fun. Ooh, Good game. Also, wait, one last one. Um, Please. The actor who plays Steve in Stranger Things, I think he would okay. be a very endearing Cyclops. I think that actually would kind of work out. Uh, Steve is the one who is in the original ones all the way through, right? He's the older. Yes. Uh, he's the he's the the ice cream. Yes, Boy. yes, with the hair. Uh, <laughs> that's not bad. That's not a bad Cyclops. I think it, I think to make me like Cyclops, you give me um, a Chad who is endearingly awkward. Yeah. And, and that's that's who I would want as a Cyclops. Uh, Steve Harrington yes. is the actor's name. Steve Harrington. No, 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 that's the character. No, I'm sorry. Joe, Joe, Joe Keery. There Joe Keery is there the actor. Sorry, Steve Harrington. Um, Joe Keery is who plays him. Uh, you're perfect at this. They need to they need to hire you as a casting director for the upcoming. Oh wait, uh, I take it back. Week. Cast me as Rogue. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just start working on your sugar. Yeah, um, sugar. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for talking to me for 
far too long by accident, but I enjoyed every uh, second of it. I appreciate too. it. Thanks for having um, me. This was fun. And yeah, I have to have you back sometime for <laughs> some more hyperfixation on fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and to the audience for listening, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.